0: You have reached the geek elite. Good luck. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Love of Pages. Hopefully, everybody's been enjoying our fun facial expressions. So, this week, we are starting a new book, Jessica's Pick. I it.
1: Oh, oh, it's no. it's the
0: yeah.
1: the <laughs> second book by the Martian author Andy Weir.
2: Mm-hmm. And our our second attempt at recording this first episode.
0: Our second attempt. Stephen, you weren't supposed to tell anybody. I
2: I just I want to make sure and get it out out in front there. It was this was my mistake.
1: So <laughs> uh, losing audio files, it happens. Yeah, it, yeah. Does, it does happen.
0: But okay, so Jessica, yes, remind Stephen and I, and tell mm-hmm. our listeners why are we reading Artemis?
1: Because it's been on my TBR list on my bookshelf since Artemis came out, which was a significant amount of years ago,
2: like twenty sixteen, <laughs> I, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, we could find out. I have the copyright somewhere, <laughs> but
2: I think it was 2016. I could be wrong.
1: 2017, but it really, 2017. Yeah, so it's been sitting there for years, and I really enjoyed The Martian, and I thought I, I think I think for this one, I let you guys choose between like several books that have been on my TBR list for a while. So right. there were you
0: three guys, options. I feel like
1: yeah, there were three options, but
2: now I want to be. Does does TBR disambiguate to to be read
1: oh yeah. yes to be read sorry i i live on book talk and yep. other book Instagrams and stuff it's all tbr tbr
2: <laughs> i just wanted to make sure it wasn't some some other crazy acronym that i was lost
0: on nope nope exactly what you think it is but okay so our cocktail okay. of the evening jessica we we are drinking scotch
1: ish but yes, Scotch because our character, Jazz, she first had a like scotch moonshine. That was <laughs> <not scotch. laughs> that was not scotch. And then when she went to her rich buddy buddy, I don't even remember his T-dog. name. Oh, T Dog. Yeah, that's how it <laughs> it like, like T Dog. Um, he had actual real Scotch. And she was like Can I taste that just so I can remember what it's supposed to taste like? Kind of moment. I thought we'll drink scotch. I don't have scotch though, so I'm just drinking Crown uh, because it's good.
0: I like scotch, so I tend to keep it on hand. Um, So I'm drinking Glenlivet. So that's Mm. what I was raised on. If that doesn't sound too bad.
1: No, no, it doesn't. I, I do like scotch. I just, you know, my parents already think I'm an alcoholic. Like, <laughs> I don't need any more. So hard to, like, so really much, need. No whiskey. I need to purchase it for you. So
0: that way you're just receiving a gift. And yes. You and, and buy it.
1: Yes. I'll I'll Venmo you later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Glad we've worked this out.
1: <laughs> for, for
2: me, uh, I have a thing that also has the name of a country in it. Ooh. Um, <laughs> it's,
1: it's Thai tea. Thai tea. I do love Thai tea.
0: See, Thai I, good.
1: I haven't had it before, and now I really want it. Now you have oh. a place to have it. We will figure out how to socially
0: distance and have you come over so I can make it for you. It's fine. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> we'll just go sit out on the patio. We're getting to a point where we might be able to do that again since, you know, it's not. 300 degrees outside. I Um,
1: know, right? Or we could do it the next time that we record Women's History. Yes. We could do
2: that too. Um, I like it. real, Real quick, if you want to see Jess's mom find out about her being an alcoholic... You, you can see You can see the behind the scenes pre-show and post show of this, this video podcast. You're gonna murder <laughs> me. In by becoming a patron on our Patreon at patreon.com slash geek
1: elite media. You're gonna get me murdered, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> this Stephen reminding me that I was supposed to say something at the top of this show, oh, but okay. I failed to say because that's what happens. We got to talking about drinking and then I forgot everything oh, else. actually. But I'd like to do a special thank you to our Patreons who make this and all of the other episodes possible. Um, If you're uh, willing and able to support us, please find us on our Patreon page. There are plenty of extras to go along with those perks, Mm -hmm. like pre and post uh, episodes, where you get to watch us kind of make fools of ourselves and a little bit of our everyday lives. I know. (laughs)
1: I'm also going to be working on this weekend an article on Dune, which I finished reading. So yeah, and it's my thoughts on Dune. Yeah,
2: plenty of time till that comes out now. So you can definitely talk about the book. I
1: know, right? I'm actually almost really upset because now I'm like, well, now I do need to read more Dune books. (laughs)
2: There's so many.
1: There are so many of them, and it gets kind of crazy. I have no idea if I'm actually going to read the others, no matter how much <laughs> I actually like the first one. I was like, no, I don't think I want to know what happens after all of this. Because like, mm-hmm. this is setting up for something that could be potentially really bad. <laughs> but it's terrible. Yeah. We'll see.
0: But okay, so let's jump into the book. hmm Yes. Because as much as we love gapping, people do actually listen, I think, for the book, maybe. Yep. They, they, they want still out on this one, but yeah. So my personality is nice too. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Uh, With that, we jump into Artemis. So Artemis is a space station, space city,
1: spaceport, spaceport. Well, it's not quite a port. It's a space city. No, it's not a port because there's not people going and going elsewhere. This is true. So, yeah,
2: is is it a
0: space people, city
2: or a moon city. People live on the moon in a place it's
0: called a moon city. Yeah, yeah. people <laughs> live in domes on the moon. On the moon. and the <laughs> domes are mostly interconnected with tunnels. Sometimes yeah. you have to take a train to go to places <laughs> like the visitor center.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: yeah. the smelter. Yes. But in any case, we get introduced to our main character Jazz while she is basically dying. Yeah, yeah she bought a cheap knockoff space suit or a used space suit and didn't repair it properly and so she almost dies.
2: Yeah, I, I really imagined her spacesuit being like real beat up looking like it's like gray with like brown patches and stuff to the point that when we got to later on and people seeing her in the suit was important on a camera I was like well why wouldn't they know who the person was with the janky ass suit
1: No, <laughs> oh, I don't think it was that janky because I don't <laughs> think anybody would let it get that janky but exactly. it's like the fact that it's your life on the line you're gonna let like yeah. Even if it looks so pristine, you better triple check that thing before you go outside with no oxygen and radiation mm-hmm. and just
0: <laughs> true. Yeah. But yeah, so um she survives and we come to find out yeah. that this was her training her her test to become an EVA guild member. Which this was this was funny to me because guilds feel very old school. Yeah. Granted. Mm-hmm. In the 21st century, we still have guilds. Mm-hmm. We now call them licensing boards. But like, <laughs> the term guild feels very old. We've got like the
1: Screen Actors Guild. This
2: is I, true. Like, I still think the term is outdated at this point. I think people chose it because they're artisans.
1: Yeah, they're artisans and they're... It's like the small town kind of thing, I feel like, to have weird yeah. words. It's like its own... Although it's a city and it's owned by Kenya, um, it's <laughs> which that was the best thing to me. was Kenya yeah. just being like, you know what? We need money. We're close to the equator. Launching stuff from here is very easy. Why don't we just build a moon base and have people launch from here to go to the moon and just be tourists and play casino on the moon?
0: Well, not <laughs> only that, but like, let's allow big multinational corporations to become one super mega international corporation. Yeah. So that they can pool all their resources to launch stuff to the moon. Yeah. And let's have no regulation on it.
1: Like, no, because you know what, Kenya doesn't have a lot of regulations, so you don't need to red tape anything. And Kenya became like the richest nation. One of the richest nations. Which is very cool and very interesting. And Kenyans should read this book. <laughs>
2: I mentioned it's probably based in something that's actually been floated, you know, in some way, shape, or form.
1: Because I feel like like
2: Andy Weir definitely talks to people about like, well, what are you guys really thinking about how to achieve these things?
1: Like he went in, like, I feel like Andy Weir would be like going into like an economic class and being like, just sitting there. And then like the professor's like, all right, Andy Weir has brought you a question. How would you make Kenya the second richest country in the world? Boom, go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: <coughs> no, but it was all kind of started and established by and Stephen, you listen to the audiobook, so how do I pronounce the administrator's name?
2: Ngoogie
0: googie yeah <laughs> names jazz jazz is easy Rudy, Rudy, I can handle <laughs> the rest yes. of them just get real tough. we've got faboda. Under- Z F- Faboda. is n- is no bueno. <laughs> and Trond T Dog. We're just going with yeah. T Dog. That's it. He's T Dog. That's I'm done. Um because I just I can't. I can't. Anyway. <laughs> so we come to find out that Jazz is a strong independent Twenty-four-year-old, twenty-six year old, like I mean she's not very old. Mid-20s, yeah. 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 Right. Than most of us. Um and she works as a porter, but most of her income comes from smuggling.
2: Yeah, she less than smuggled. safe reporting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, smuggling and- illegal goods such as flammables and like i think cigars was the first thing that we saw her smuggle
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so stuff like that because you don't want fire on a space port or city
0: well and we learned that in this first third of the book for those who are joining us we are this portion i guess we should probably have done this at the top we're we'll breaking the into three parts the first part is chapter 1 through 5. The second part is chapters 6 through what would we decide?
2: Wait, look, you look at the you look at the description of the next episode if you want to find out
0: yes. what yeah. what
2: the next chapters are.
0: <laughs> so chapters one through five everybody this, mm-hmm. is like, this is gonna be a real rough podcast guys because we're having to like go backwards and try and not do any spoilers
2: one of the biggest things i know that um i think is like we had, we had hit in the first time that we had talked about all this stuff is like our impressions of the characters because i mean I, I think what happened in the beginning is mostly establishing who these people are and what this world is um despite, like like besides like, a couple big plot points uh, yeah. we we meet jazz who is the headstrong person that she is and a few other people around her um she exchanges letters with a person on earth mm-hmm. whose name i don't remember uh, was
1: it yeah kelvin yeah. kelvin Yeah. Yeah, Kelvin. a man
2: who's named after Kelvin. temperature. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, she gets letters with, with this man and so we kind of get to learn a little bit about her past and the fact that she is still basically the person that she all, always was when she was a teenager.
1: Uh, um, she didn't really grow made up. up mistakes. <laughs> uh, and
2: like we uh-huh. we learn about this world of Artemis and a few people that she knows. Yeah, Trond the big business guy who came to earth or came to the moon because uh, an, an accident had happened where his wife was killed, correct?
1: Yes, his wife yes. was killed and his daughter, daughter went paralyzed that, beneath the waist down. Yeah. I mm. think. yeah. She became so
0: she, a oh, good.
1: paraplegic? Paraplegic, yeah. yes.
0: Paraplegic.
1: Yeah, so, she, she she she, like, yeah mm. so being on the, or the moon is, what did they say, one-sixth of Earth's gravity, so that just helps her be significantly more mobile. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Earth gravity becomes a huge thing because I feel like every like other page it's like, oh well I can do this because it's not hard. It's moon yeah.
1: Gravity. I think I think it was t Dog that like when he was gonna go get a lighter or some or another drink or whatever, he did a backflip over the couch. And that's just how it's he did a backflip over the couch and then you hear Jaws be like, Yeah, it's not that impressive. That a moon, like, the moon is only one sixth of Earth gravity. Like everybody does it. I feel like Like, I wasn't impressed. I was just like, what the hell? Like, I feel like even (laughs) if I had less gravity, I still would never flip over the back of a couch. Just (laughs) like, why? 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 I can absolutely say
2: I would. And I would be so excited every time. (laughs) And I would hurt myself a solid 10% of the time.
1: (laughs) I would hurt myself way too much. I would still manage to hurt myself. It is a little impressive. (laughs) (laughs) With that
2: one, I feel like there, so in the times that we hear people talk about, Moon gravity versus Earth gravity. They talk about it like it does give you superpowers, but I feel like there would be an inherent greater, like, like a, a greater strength to a person who's coming from Earth to the Moon because your muscle density would still be such as it would need to be for you to work on Earth's gravity. Yes. So if That's someone's true. busy and they come in and they're like they're freaking Superman for yeah. like more long yeah. they're on they're on the Moon at least at but
0: first. So like,
1: well, it's like yeah. Superman, um, right? Um, yeah. So, like, legit how he is is like, he would be normal on Krypton, but like, cause he's on Earth, he's like. A god, basically, mm-hmm. because of just the physics of the planet being so significantly different from the one he was born on. But then he was raised on the planet, so that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a confusing one. I feel like you <laughs> some negative benefits. I
0: feel like maybe we shouldn't
1: read
2: too deep into
1: <laughs> it because <laughs> now I'm like Superman is a lie, isn't it? That wasn't even a good explanation for why he's.
2: I mean, listen. There's a lot yeah. of questions to ask about Superman. Say,
0: speaking of explanations, yes. I struggled. So much, yes, with the technical explanations.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's Andy Weir. I'm so sorry. I
0: just like, <laughs> like I felt like I was reading Charles Dickens again, where I was like, okay, how far do I skim ahead to get to the next plot? Point? Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. This one, I I will say, and it, it could be the voice choice that it's just through jazz, whereas The Martian, some of the scientific pieces, a made more sense because the character was like a. Paleontologist on Mars astronaut. So, like, it him going on these tirades, monologuing to himself to stay sane, makes a lot of sense. But mm-hmm. Jazz going on long monologues to herself doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense in a way, like, narratively, it doesn't. So, I think that's why it feels more like just filler jargon. And, and plus, I, her voice to it isn't that great. So,
2: yeah, I definitely, I got like,
0: sorry about this, guys.
2: You're okay. Um, this one, I definitely there was um like it the humor didn't hit in the same way as it kinda did in The Martian. Yeah. Like I'm not say The Martian was like some paragon of humor where I was reading this thing where a guy was in trouble was laughing the whole time. Nothing like that.
0: Yeah, I guess the humor doesn't I, I never read The Martian, so I the humor. Jazz's character is tough for me. Like I like what he's attempting to write. The, you know, brash, ballsy, independent woman.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's very much brash, ballsy, independent woman written by a cisgendered white male.
2: (laughs) That's what I was waiting for.
0: That's
1: that's what it is. is. Because I'm like, like... It
0: very much is. The inner monologue, like... I get real annoyed when, like, her inner monologue or her monologue breaking the fourth wall to the reader is, like, I'm a girl. Like, you you don't need to tell us. Like, we'll figure it out.
1: I I remember. It's kind of sort of like, what? So I'm wearing pink today. I like girl things. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with wearing pink.
0: (laughs) I just get annoyed that, like, you can... Only be either very feminine, very demure, very rule oriented, or very (laughs) brash, very ballsy, absolutely no femininity, absolutely no emotions. Like, there doesn't seem to be any (laughs) concept of in between.
2: No, it's It's there's no purple. In this red and blue di- Venn diagram.
1: Uh-huh. This this actually reminds me of something I found on a TikTok that an artist was doing on and that this artist found a series of books or something that was called uh like I'm not a princess, I wanna be an astrophysicist. And the artist kinda of went, Why not both? Like why yeah. not be a princess astrophysicist? Like what can't she And she drew this awesome astrophysicist princess character and it was really cool yeah. and I wish I remembered what her name was.
0: I was a child I distinctively wanted to be a model, a country yes. music singer, and president of the United States. All at the same time. You can do this. I was going to be all three.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a princess knight who also was a double O agent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just, you guys have way crazier goals. I'm basically like I'm I'm doing like low key versions of all the stuff that I wanted when I was a kid. So this is great for me.
0: <laughs> But yeah, no, so I'm like, I'm like, why does she have to be like, oh, I just, you know, sex is sex. Like, yeah, it can be. But like, it feels very boxed. It feels very
1: compartmentalized. I think this is going ahead, though, so never mind. Like, But I feel like now, now that makes sense to me reading further on now her ideas on sex do make sense to me and it's because of other things yeah now it makes sense (laughs) Mm.
0: yes it does make a little bit more sense but some of the other stuff doesn't make sense yeah yeah.
1: not the the other stuff the random like just girl things like don't make sense and
2: even with the benefit of the whole book in my mind i don't I still think she's poorly written.
1: (laughs) She's still very poorly written. I I will say, though, I do kind of relate to her in that sense that, like, she's a person that is really good at things and is really smart. But she holds herself back because of the amount of times that people say, you would be so good at this, you would be so good at that. And, like, for me, the more that people say I'd be so good at something, makes me feel like I'm never going to live up to that. So Mm. that's not that I would ever be a smuggler. But, like... (laughs) But like at the same time, I'm like I do relate to that. That is one of the things I have issues with: is like not believing what people built me up to be, whether or not I actually could be that great. Like it doesn't matter. But I get that one. I I did relate, and I did like that archetype of her character was that sense of like, oh, I am good at this. Like everybody's been telling me I'd be good at this, but oh, I actually am. (laughs) Like, yeah. In in
2: this one, um, was like. Okay, well I guess you were gonna go back into plot stuff?
0: I was. I was gonna try okay, and move us through some of the plot. Um so find out Jazz is a porter slash smuggler, mm-hmm. and he's living in the cheapest of cheap apartments, which make me think of those Japanese capsule hotels. I think that's exactly what I, I think that's what it is. I think yeah. that's what it's intended to be. Um and so we get introduced first to T Dog. That's how I'm going oh. to as um, because Tron, Trond, yeah,
1: <laughs> too much like Tron and Thrawn put together, which is too many awesome it's sci-fi stories.
2: <laughs> it's blue, blue, blue guy in yeah. blue neon suit.
1: <laughs> but in
0: any case, she smuggles him some cigars, which are contraband because they're flammable. It's mm-hmm. your bad. <laughs> By your very bad. Um, and he is multi billionaire. We discussed this. Came to the moon for his daughter. Um, And when she goes to take him his cigars, we get introduced to. I can't even remember his name. Jin. 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 Oh. Jin, I think. Jen. And they're discussing some new product that she has no idea about and but she's curious because aren't we all like if we're not supposed to know about something that's exactly when we want to know about it yeah and then we end up getting introduced to Rudy right Rudy the security Mm -hmm. the cop Mm -hmm. the Canadian the Canadian cop
2: he's apparently super hot
0: Who's apparently super hot and hates jazz. Yeah. Just, he knows she's a smuggler. He gets so pissed. Um, She kind of walks us around Artemis and the five different pods. So there's a cool map thing at the front of the book.
2: I did not get this this map. They describe it, but I didn't see the map because the audio book
0: Hopefully I did that right. Um, So then she ends up after she has the really bad scotch. She ends up back at at T Dogs because he's got a plan to get her a million slugs, which are Artemis's currency.
2: Yeah, Yeah. like so. For for anyone who's not reading the book, it's basically just a. It's like the credit you would trade in to ship something. Mm-hmm. And that's like the closest thing they have to currency. It like, directly translates to weight that you would ship.
1: Yeah. Since in tech, this city is a corporation. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's, it's been, we've had these before. They're called corporate towns. They kind of yeah. usually yeah. suck. Um, yeah, real bad. Usually not great. Um, and he proposes that if Jazz can figure out how to destroy the... So, on Artemis, the big product, the thing that they produce is Aluminum. 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 Like that's not right. It's aluminum. It's, it's aluminium aluminum if you're British. Aluminum. <laughs> um, and the way they do that is by smelting. They, they harvest the rocks from the moon. They smelt it down in a smelter that's way off on the other side because you you don't want things blowing up and then blowing up your only livable habitat.
1: Um yeah. But like in result from the smelting process, oxygen is created and that's the oxygen that goes back to the Artemis bubbles and basically keeps people alive.
0: <laughs> but the only reason that the smelter makes a profit on aluminum is because they don't have to pay anything because they have the contract for the oxygen. Yeah. So T Dog has been buying up a whole bunch of oxygen and storing it and he's like, Hey, if you figure out how to make them break their contract, I get to swoop in under that contract and be the big production person. <laughs> like, what what? So jazz Reluctantly, not reluctantly,
1: accepts the offer. like, I, like she at first was not going to do it, and then he said, "I'll give you a million slugs," and she went sold <laughs> immediately, immediately. <laughs> immediately, not even like,
0: eh, she, no, do it. She's a terrible negotiator. I'm like, if his opening offer is a million dollars, like you put second offer like. like you push at least for 1.5. I'm sorry, that's the minimum. One and a quarter. Anything.
2: No. If you'll pay a million for it, you'll pay a million five.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Terrible negotiation tactics. But so she then spends a whole bunch of time trying to figure out how to make this work. So we then get introduced to Svoboda. Mm-hmm. Svoboda Hungarian. Um, who's a scientist who agrees to help build a machine that she's designed <laughs> in exchange for her testing out his reusable condom. Yeah. <laughs> reusable. Not with him. Not with him. He's,
1: he's, no, no, like, yeah. he's like, no, not with me. Just, I mean, I just know you have sex. Next time you have sex.
0: Try this.
1: Try this yeah. out. Let me see. Tell me how it is from the feel of a woman.
2: Just- yeah, as opposed to well, how much was how much was it that cost normally for getting work from him two thousand. Yes. Yeah. So she's like, uh, okay, sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's weird. I don't think it'll sell, but like, and, and then sure. he
0: keeps like he's like, "Well, have you had sex?" It's been twenty four hours, and I'm like. Now, Do you expect people to have sex? Actually, there was there was a,
2: a controversy here on Earth recently that involved people reusing and sterilizing condoms. Funnily enough, since the first time we recorded this,
0: yep. The look on your face, just goes priceless. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, there was a there was a whole like yeah. factory basically, and they, they they had ways of. The, the way we're okay to sterilize these things and to repackage yes. them and everything like that.
1: But okay. Sustainability. Yeah. It's sustainability. <laughs> no, I hear you. Condoms are not sustainable at all. Like, but, but they're more sustainable than unwanted
0: pregnancies.
1: Yes. It's true. I would say.
0: So yeah, you nailed it. Andy. We're yeah, nailed it. You got this one. You got this one. And then there is a whole bunch of technical mumble jumble. If she's trying to figure out the harvesters because she meets up with T-Dog and looks at one of the harvesters because she they decide that the best way to do this is to blow up the four harvesters that collect the moon rock. Mm-hmm. They take it back to the smelter. So if they don't have any harvesters, they're going to have to ship them in, which is going to take multiple weeks because they have to be shipped from Earth. They'll break their contract. They'll break their oxygen contract, yeah. T Dog will get to swoop in, seal the contract for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um
2: when the time comes to do the plan.
0: Yes. But I was gonna get first okay. to we then get introduced to Jez's dad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who she apparently has a strained relationship with. Mm-hmm. Papa Bush- and- I'm gonna guess that really obscure 426,000 some odd slugs has something to do with dad.
2: Probably. Yeah, that was that thing we all agreed on instantly. Yes, I like think-
1: it's, it's probably that. because like you could tell the strange relationship was on her side more than her dad's side. Like you could tell if she came back, her dad would be like, "Yeah, you're my daughter." Like. <laughs> Like that's just, that's the way. This yeah, works. like he may be like a stern father, like, but he's definitely a father that would do anything for his daughter. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but he's a welder, and so she needs welding equipment from him, and she plays it off that she needs it because she, yes, is doing illegal work, but she's helping a family build an airlock. Uh, so it's like Robin Hood kind of. Mm -hmm. illegal activity Mm -hmm. um and then we also run into there's this weird side log of the fire in the glass factory where we get this super technical about how they make an air tunnel into the airlock and and this was one of those things where i was
1: just like I mean, cool, but I'm going to just kind of, like, skim. Nah, and this is one of those things where I was like, ooh, cool, fire safety, what? Like, <laughs> this is very awesome. So, like, this is this is going to be our footnote. I'll do it in the middle of the spiel. Um, but so basically what happens is they have a fire in a factory that it's a glasswork factory. So it does have flammable stuff in it. And so what Artemis's plan is to, when a fire starts, alarms go off, people go into this airlock, in the building in which they're basically safe with air while the fire burns around them. And then the fire can't get out of that area. So when it comes to saving those people from the fire, the volunteer firefighters, which apparently jazz is one. So yeah, she actually is a good person. Look, she's not just a smuggler. She'll just rush in and save people. Mm -hmm. Um, They sort of have to do this thing where they basically try to get absolutely zero air into the fire zone. Because And they don't ever say the word because basically what happens is there's a fire and generally after about two minutes, it's a fully involved fire. Flame is everywhere. And then the flames naturally dissipate because they no longer have oxygen, which is what fuels flames. Um, once they dissipate, if you introduce oxygen into that room again, fire will erupt into a massive explosion. And this is called a backdraft, which is like one of which it's probably weird to have, but it's like one of my favorite fires in general there's like entire 19 i think it's 1990s movies dedicated to backdraft and it actually is one of my Isn't favorite movies called back
2: yeah, yeah i was gonna say is that not the the yeah. movie it's okay.
1: called backdraft yes and um i absolutely love that movie it is not fire accurate at all but i still absolutely love that movie but um, and the firefighters are cute yeah, well, yeah, well, the firefighters are cute, but that, no, I actually liked, I learned a lot about, like, I watched it with my dad, who, oh, also, my my dad happens to be a fire chief, it also might help, and I watched it with my dad, and my dad did teach me, like, the things that are realistic about it, and, like, the things, like, and this is gross, but he's, like, it actually is a really good example of a burned body in it, too, which forever mm-hmm. creeped me out, and, but, like, um, but, so basically what they're trying to do is to prevent a backdraft from happening. So they create an airlock before they go into the actual room. They deplete air. So they have to do this in their EVA suits, which is like, oh, I guess it's good. Jazz still has her EVA suit. That's they perfect. go into the room with no air. <laughs> yeah. Well, she fixed it right away, I guess. And she goes in there without air. They create a tunnel system from the people in the airlock out to the door that they've created. And sort of they introduce air into just that tunnel once they ensure there's no leaks and they do that through their suits and then the people can go from the from their little safety room and out while and then they just close off the whole area until Mm -hmm. eventually it won't be a backdraft anymore eventually it just completely dissipates but um I thought it was the coolest thing. I went and bragged off to my dad, like, look, like, isn't this fascinating what they do? And my dad was like, that's the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> what and He's like, there's so many better ways to even prevent a backdrop from even happening in the first place. Like, you don't like a if you can have people run to a little room in the big room, why can't they just run out of the room? And I was like, well, they need to seal it off because the fire could get out. And he's like, what about fire preventatives? He's like, they have massive foams that will work even in moon gravity. Just push down the thing, keep the fire from going that, or you have an early alarm system that would give people plenty of time to get out of there before anything happens. So I just may force him though to read that part of the book just so he can get the whole picture and then I'll, I'll get his second opinion on it because maybe I just wasn't describing it well enough. Maybe there's some variable I'm missing <laughs> because Andy Weir is usually pretty good at researching stuff. So mm-hmm was like, I feel like, well, maybe maybe Andy did miss something. Maybe he didn't talk to the right fire expert or or whatever. Or maybe he didn't do the right Google search. It happens as writers. It,
0: or it yeah. just made the decision that you know, it's cool. <laughs> and or yeah. it's going to apply for something in the future. Like, you know. Yeah. Or like-,
1: like Another thing that it could be is like this is a moon city that's run off of a corporation that's from Kenya. Like, it could just be Why spend all the money on the expensive fire extinguishing foam that works? We
0: can lose a few (laughs) people.
1: Yeah. And it seems like they don't lose a lot of people in their fires. I mean, everybody was safe from this fire. I'm sure a glass works fire, I mean, I imagine they're dealing with a lot of chemicals. They probably would spread pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So it would be high heat, too. So
2: reach out to us, Andy. (laughs)
1: Reach out. Where'd you where you <laughs> get your research from? I'm curious. Am I missing something? Is my father missing something? I don't know.
0: <laughs> but in any case, so there's this glass fire. And then Jazz, and I'm just I'm only moving us forward because I'm afraid we're gonna run out of time over for <laughs> 45 minutes. And Stephen looks at me and goes, we're over forty-five minutes. I would never <laughs> not on camera at least. Um <laughs> But so she then puts her plan in motion. She has to put on a disguise so that nobody knows she goes out to the visitor center, which is where the original moon landing was. And then to she, sneak out she the, sneaks out the little robot.
2: Yeah, she she, she uses the robot to like be her, her eyes and hands outside.
0: outside. Yeah. Be able to, she needs the robot to manually unlock it from the outside because she doesn't have the card to do it from the inside. Mm-hmm. And so she does this weird elaborate where she dresses up as a traditional Muslim visitor mm-hmm. and pretends she loses her Gizmodo, gets a hotel to give her a new one <laughs> goes out. She does the thing, Um, and so she finally gets out to the harvesters, where she starts. Where she this? Okay, not gonna lie. Like the last twelve pages, I was like, "This is painful." She's, yeah,
1: she's trying to weld the. I get. What is she? Trying she she wants. She wants to, she's she to wants weld to make... the engine, close yeah. so that it will overheat, and that will cause and explosion. But the Later. problem is, yes, the first problem she has is that she realizes the moon doesn't have any oxygen. And as I've already said, you can't have flame without mm-hmm. oxygen. So she has to find a way to create oxygen. I don't quite understand how the how she did it, but she did it. And she- the other problem she had was she can't put metal on her suit, because if she puts melted metal on her suit, that's a hole in her suit and then she's going to die. So mm-hmm. that was rather like, <laughs> complications actually, yeah, basically. She- yeah. yeah, she yeah, does so, what
2: would be like bare minimum basic stuff for a person who would to n- have to normally do this stuff outside as an yeah. EVA guild member but she is not yet one of those so her welding experience is typically in, in- an environment
0: well except I also get the impression that like EVA guild masters don't really weld outside that's what that little robot was for
2: <laughs> it, I mean that, that's a distinct possibility like, they would certainly yeah. have other means of doing things for sure
0: that's fair but so she goes and she blows up the first one.
2: What she or, she so sets she sets up the first one to so to become a, a time bomb to blow up later.
1: But and then she, she got caught. caught. She got yeah, one of the Harvarders yeah. points a little camera at her, and she went, "Uh oh!" And that was it. That was where we ended. That's where we ended. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't so, did, like.
0: I mean, we can't really do predictions again. We'll have to dub over That's our predictions. Cool,
1: cool Who <laughs> you predict? Kevlar was. I was right about the Kevlar prediction. K- Kelvin or Kelvin Kevlar? Yeah, I came wrong. The, oh, the,
2: okay. the guy. The guy seems bulletproof. <laughs> with, with like with the the things that he decided <laughs> to do in life.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Um, my I, like I guess was wrong. Say it. My mm-hmm. prediction was wrong. Mine is right.
2: Yeah, yeah, you you got that one. I don't think I had a prediction at this point. I, don't
0: think I just,
2: did. I if at this point in the book, if I was reading this by myself as a library book, I would have had to have like I would have put it down. I would have used up all my time that I would have had to finish the book. I would have had to check it out again to finish the rest of it because the beginning of it is so
0: procedural.
1: Yeah, it's a little tedious. It definitely does pick up later on, and you're like Ooh, intrigue.
0: Still- so much technical explanation. And like, yes, we get to the technical pieces that I really like towards the end of the book. So I'm fine with the very elaborate technical. But like, all the science
2: technical. I'm like... I even like that stuff. I love I like that it. stuff. I it's liked it in The Martian. Voice. But it it's a slog in this one. It's like
0: slog. It's so... I'm like... We could have cut this down at least a couple paragraphs. Like, yeah, give me a paragraph of explanation. Do not give me pages of explanation. I feel Mm -hmm. like
1: let's see how many pages is this because I feel like if you took out all that long jargon, this three hundred page book would be a hundred fifty pages.
2: I do not disagree.
1: Like, I feel like actually, if you took it all out, it would make a great screenplay.
2: I mean, so actually, that that that's that's a little bit of an interesting one. This book did sell; to um, it got picked up for the movie rights before the book was even finished, if I remember. I mean, correctly.
1: because that's the Martian, surprising. yeah, mm-hmm. it's not surprising at all anymore. But yeah, the, I mean, the, more, the Martian enough. did so well, and that like so, Andy Weir just being the writer of another sci-fi thing would have been Hollywood would have wanted it
2: mm-hmm. so. for. The audiobook is read by Rosario Dawson, which I feel was like a soft casting, putting out feelers for her to actually be the the actress for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, people who want her to play characters really want her to play characters for fan casting things on the internet. So yeah. it seems like a, she, money for that is one. Is she
1: the one that's going to be um on The Mandalorian?
2: That's that's the the word on the street.
1: The word on the street is that she's Ahsoka?
0: Mm-hmm. You'll have to check in with Geeks Watch at the end of the month to find out. That's hey. true.
2: But yeah, so I don't know. um? I guess uh, is that the, is that the main things to talk about for this one?
0: That's pretty much the main things for this one. I think, I think. so. I think we hit everything. So, dear listeners, this is the first part of Artemis Round Two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, the deuce. That's
0: the deuce. Um, we. We apologize <laughs> for yeah. discombobulation.
2: Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You guys got to be here for the crazy fun times.
1: You yeah. did. You got to be here for yes, the crazy fun times. Look, look at my awesome... For the YouTubers. Yes, for the YouTubers. Look at awesome. I have a nice awesome mic stand now that is going to be gone in the next few episodes. <laughs> Only to come back significantly later on. It's fine. It's fine. And I love like-
0: it. Jessica, where can people find you at to talk about your new mic stand?
1: Oh, you can talk about my new mic stand on Twitter as J.M. Bailey right? And Stephen, where
0: can people find you?
2: You can find me on my website, peppermintgentleman.com. You can find all my socials on there and look at my stuff while you're there.
0: It's very awesome. Thank you. And find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media, Facebook page, forward slash Geek Elite Media. Archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts are on geekelitemedia.com or your favorite podcatcher. As we said, at pseudo the top of the show. Please come join us on our Patreon. Um, It is what allows us to continue to do these these wonderful shows. And please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcatcher you have. But until next time, this is The Love of Pages, reminding you to keep turning those pages, and always remember to... Geek out. Geek out. concludes our broadcast. Beep.